Well, everybody, before my feature interview with uh, the neighbor on the left, who is part of the Neighbor Upstairs podcast, I just want to turn your attention to this moment earlier today at the Kennedy Space Center. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff of the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon. Go NASA. Go SpaceX. Godspeed. Bob and Doug. America has launched. And so rises a new era of American space flight. And with it, the ambitions of a new generation continuing the dream. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff of the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon. Go NASA. Go SpaceX. Godspeed. Bob and Doug. America has launched. So rises a new era of American space flight, and with it the ambitions of a new generation continuing the dream. 20 seconds into flight, stage one propulsion is nominal. That's right, SpaceX launching two astronauts into space, thanks to Elon Musk and SpaceX, which I delve into with the neighbor on the left. And today is a victory, and I, I, I kind of feel that with this SpaceX launch, um, with two NASA astronauts launching into space through Tesla, Douglas Hurley and Robert Bankin. I, uh, I truly hope that this can be a moment we can all rally around. If you remember, or were around for the, the moon landing in, in 1969, and you remember the times of tumult, I mean, this was during the Vietnam War, this was during outcry, more riots, more protesting. That moment in 1969 brought people together because they saw what America could do, maybe today, Elon Musk, in his own wild world, but effective world, obviously, I mean, he got this rocket built, and SpaceX is up now in space, maybe he, combining with the government, is, is truly putting a bright spot on a very dark time. I talked with the neighbor upstairs about that, and so much more, in this Alex Garrett podcasting production. Well, let's lighten the damn mood up, can we? Uh, I'm Alex Garrett, and uh, yes, my next guest, I do curse a little bit more on this podcast because I'm getting frustrated, and it's just, it's, it's getting crazier out there. And my guest is from the Neighbor Upstairs podcast, the neighbor on the left, who I've known for about, what, 10 years now, neighbor on the left. Yeah, uh, probably more than that. Honestly, I feel like it's been way more than that. It has to be. Yeah, I started in 09, so it was about, about 10, 11 years now. 11, so. yeah, that, that one year, it matters. It's 11 yeah. years, man. Well, and I met you my freshman year, as a matter of fact, because we all were at the round table there. It was, it was great in those days. I remember. But tell us a little bit what you're doing, neighbor on the left, since, since those days, because you've gone into podcasting as well, and you have a revamped podcast now. Yeah. So what have I been up to? I, yeah, well, multiple degrees later, and I'm just kind of trying to lean into my creativity and, and trying to really get more into expression, especially during the quarantine days that we're having. So what have I been up to? I feel like now that everyone is kind of stuck at home or people that are actually, you know, staying home, Mm-hmm. You you got to think, right? Like, how am I going to spend my time? So I decided with a buddy of mine, hey, 
maybe we can create a podcast and the entire point of it is it's the quarantine and maybe we're we are the quarantine podcast i don't know so here i am the neighbors upstairs and and to your you know your neighbor on the left to the neighbor on your right you've got a colleague there and one of your recent neighbors actually went on a date i mean tell me this story it's pretty cool that we get to hear about dating and quarantine through your podcast yeah so that's that was like the question right are people still dating and if they're dating how does that look like so we had a guest on uh she went by uh the uh, neighbor from apartment 16l and she was talking about how she was using the bumble app that great old bumble app where the girl has to say hi first to the guy right Mm -hmm. it kind of puts the onus on the girl so she did that clearly she wanted to you know experience the dating world still so here they were they have established a connection and the next step is what, right? During the quarantine, mm-hmm. what's the next step? We're just talking to each other. Is right. there a next step? Is it more of us just kind well, of so tell, it, tell, it, tell us the next step because there were a few steps actually. Yeah. And this so, was, well, you know what? Don't give us the whole story. I think people sure. should want to listen to this, right? Because dating quarantine, maybe it'll inspire others that the, the dating world isn't lost while we're locked down. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. If if anything, the quarantine, what it has done it, is that it has actually, um, I guess, sped up the process of dating. It's sped up the process for kind of everybody, right? If you're married and you're stuck in a quarantine, it's now speeding up the process. If you hate each other, you, you're going you're gonna to let that other person know. You got nowhere else to go, right? Sure. Well, that yeah, is why. Yeah. Uh, oh, go for it. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, that's just what's happening. You know, if you're, if you're dating someone just for the hell of it and the other person doesn't know, well, they're going to know now, especially if you're together and, and vice versa. You know, you start asking yourself, I should, I should have asked that girl out. Now it's a quarantine. I can't do anything. And that's where we're at. People are kind of trying to either get in a relationship and get out of it. Hey, you know, I, I, I would say a great guest to talk to now, and I'm kind of curious too, is these people going back to the bars and going back outside and doing things. Uh, and they're more millennials, but still, are they worried about catching anything? Obviously they're not, but I'm, I'm kind of curious what their experiences are like. Have you had an experience where you've been out to maybe a local bar or taking something to go? Nah, I'm a germaphobe, so I'm not going anywhere. I, <laughs> I think this is where germaphobes kind of uh, unite right now. I'm not going anywhere. I know people that have been going out, you know, going on long walks, which I think is fine, right? As long as you're not congregating with like 10 other people. But Mm -hmm. people that are going to the bar, I'm not getting it. I know that a lot of them are our age range. So Alex, you tell me, I don't, I don't even know. It's because they could be be bringing something back to their parents or if they live at home, you know, and I'm kind of worried about that too. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like they're not thinking about it. They're not even social distancing. And, you know, um, this has been the introvert's best paradise. You don't have to do anything. You can go inside and stay away. But have you noticed anything where the introverts kind of are starting to become more social? Yes. I, abs- I, I, I think I'm introverted and extroverted. I think sure. I, I, you know, I tote that fine line. And I'm finding myself becoming a part of more groups, online groups, and that's how introverts kind of unite. We don't have to go outside and hang mm-hmm. out. We, don't, we get our power from kind of being alone, right? That's what introversion is. Sure. And so 
when you're finding like-minded individuals, especially now, it, it, it's fine. It's mm -hmm. how they say in Hebrew, it's Sababa, right? And we're on, we're doing this via Zoom. Have you done right. a lot of Zoom calls or? Absolutely. The, you know, the entire podcast, the neighbors upstairs, we're all Zoom. That's, that's how we operate. And you know what? Mm -hmm. Look, how about, how about the tech, like the tech world right now? Mm -hmm. how, how insane is it? How, how we've just been kind of pushed into this new frontier yep. of, of, of video. We weren't doing, no one was talking about doing video calls. Right. It's the, it's like, it's a rule now, right? And, we, and are we in the future? Is that, is that what's happening, Alex? Uh, yeah, we are. The future is here. The, the burning, literally everything we've seen on TV is happening in real life. It's just like, how is WCCO in Minnesota carrying anarchy out right in front of our television? How do we get to that spot? And we're both college educated. We both have gone through the system and we love Queens, but and I would say it wasn't as hardcore, the indoctrination of Queens. I, I, I didn't find it that hardcore at all. But across the country, we're seeing that daily in our college classrooms, revisionist history, which is leading us to this moment, don't you think? I think it's definitely interesting. I think that there's a, there are a lot of variables to consider. Um, I think, you know, the school system and how they teach us and what they teach us. That's one variable. I think there are other variables to consider as well. Like it's, it's very hard to watch what happened recently. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's pretty crazy. Like, like we were talking about earlier before, you know, we, we started this episode, but the optics are terrible, right? Yeah. You have a, yeah. a white male police officer with his knee on this, this, this black man's uh, yeah. throat neck yep it's horrible on, his, on it it's 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 crazy so i mean it's you're gonna get a terrible reaction or a really passionate reaction from everyone it, it's it kind of makes sense right so is it the, is it the school kind of creating that uh you know anarchy uh mm -hmm. facility for us to 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 uh to explode in possibly maybe but it's also terrible what happened and I mean, it, this is this is America 2020. That should not be happening. It shouldn't. And I've also noticed that the Michael Brown killing drew tons to Ferguson to protest. But that was even mild compared to what we're seeing now. So from your position, from your uh, apartment window, if you will, the neighbor upstairs, <laughs> yeah. uh, what are you seeing that that why this reaction is so much different than just five years ago? I think it's the fact that it's it's first it's very similar, it's very similar, and it's also the fact that there have there hasn't really been much change. There really hasn't been. Uh, there's way more divide. You have the uh, Democrats and Republicans, you know, saying they're for the people, but they're not. Mm. They're not. They're not for the people. They're for the win. They want to be in power, and mm. if that means division, that's what they're going to go for. And you know, the, you have liberals and conservatives. This is what they do. They, they create this division. It's this long lasting division. Nothing's changed in five years. And, and right. Because the same people that are saying uh, the same people from five years ago are saying, no, go out and protest, not realizing what they're actually giving people the inspiration to do, I would say. And at the <laughs> same time, we've got conservatives kind of, they're uniting against this cop. Sure. But they are still saying, "Why?" Are, I don't know. I just feel like both sides. Well, are you have the terrible. Trump tweet. Yeah, the, tr yeah, the you Trump, had that tweet, Trump is... tweet, which was, you know, tr what are you doing? Honestly, yeah. 
Yeah. If you're the president of the United States, you're not going out there saying, don't worry about it. You know, go shoot them. I give you, you don't say that crap. That's insane. That frustrated the hell out of me. Um, I did. And, and by the way, I, we both maybe like Trump on some things, but what he said there reminded me of a, a Castro kind of tweet. I hate to say it, but that is what they do. I saw that. Yeah. In communistic countries. Yeah. I saw that completely. And listen, this is, this is Twitter. We're talking about Twitter is a toxic culture mm. environment, right? So long before Trump, by the long way. before Trump, you know, Trump didn't, <laughs> Trump didn't create this environment, but he is definitely using it. And you know what they say? They say uh, bad press is still good press. This, not in this, this, case. this did not seem good to me. And if anything, it's creating even more of a divide. Because right? what did they do? They protested right outside the White House. I mean, this was a, this is his tweeting needs to be monitored, if not by Twitter, because I don't know if a company should do that by his own people. I'm sorry. It just should be. Maybe, maybe like, yeah, maybe. I don't, you know, I don't know what the solution is. I just know this. You had Biden shoot himself in the foot, and then he took that foot and put it in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> where he said, if you're not, you know, if you have to consider voting for Trump and you're black, then you ain't black. Like you had, you had Biden shoot himself, mm-hmm. and then now you have Trump doing the same thing. I mean, are, are am I? Is this is this a real? Are we in a simulation right now, Alex? I, I, I thought that in 2016. I always thought, how was it Hillary versus Trump? What world are we in? And what is happening? No, and now this, you got two similar, very similar people um, in their viewpoints, to be honest with you, um, fighting against each other. And now Biden has the issue with the VP candidate. We don't know with Amy Klobuchar's. Well, no, it can't. Well, he was so on, uh, you know, Charlemagne the God's podcast, right? So yeah. he basically said, Charlemagne said, well, you got to make it mm-hmm. a black female, right? Like you, you're, you're not going to just, you don't just have our vote. You got to give us something. So I don't see how Biden doesn't choose a black female for, uh, by, for VP. I just don't see that not happening. It has to at this point. If he doesn't. And if it's Stacey Abrams, that party is really messed up compared to what it is now. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't make any sense. Again, yeah. again, uh, Democrats have become the, the, the party of social media, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's whoever right. got the most retweets that week. That's their new VP candidate at the moment. And, and for, for people about the tweet from Trump, by the way, he said, if you loot, we'll shoot or we'll shoot the looters one way or the other. That's what he said. And they're not they're criminals for looting. That's one thing. But we don't just shoot people because they're doing it. That's not America, man. You, you, don't, you don't say that. That's the thing. You know, and it kind of reminded me of um, something that happened in New York when I believe it was de Blasio that said something like, like well, he basically, um, he kind of singled out the Jewish community yep. For, yep. for, you know, for going out in public and still praying and all that. He could have, in his tweet, said, all communities, everyone needs to really listen to the coronavirus pandemic guidelines, but he singled out the Jewish uh, people in Brooklyn, no less on Twitter. And right away, like that was his first three words, if I'm not mistaken. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like the first sentence, which made Mm -hmm. no sense because first of all, religious Jewish people don't have Twitter. They're not, they're not on Twitter. So who was that tweet for? Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
And then Donald Trump does this very similar. And who was that tweet for? The trolls. He knows what he's right. doing. Yep. Uh, so I hate to say the base. The, the base. base. So, so who's on Twitter? The base Jacob. is on Twitter and the other trolls. Yeah. We also, and you are a Jewish American, right? I, are, yeah. So when you saw de Blasio even break up the funeral, how, how bad did that make you feel? How horrible did that make you feel? Or did you feel horrible about that? Uh, well, I didn't I didn't really feel that's the thing. So I didn't feel horrible. I just felt like it didn't make sense. It, it his messaging was off. I'm not a fan of politics, but I am a, fi- a fan of smart politics where you're going to uh tout a message in a way where it's not going to offend anybody and and everyone's going to understand. Mm-hmm. The way he did it just didn't make any sense. Jacob, your podcast this week was about quarantine. Uh, sorry, neighbor on the left. <laughs> Uh, your your podcast was uh, about that, but you've you're now six episodes in. So tell us um, what what else you've been covering, and has faith been a part of your podcast, Neighbor Upstairs? So yeah, faith has definitely <laughs> it's been a faith has been a part of the podcast. Yeah, it's just been the way it's been a part of the podcast. So you have the UFO news with Tom DeLong. I, I don't know how to say his last name. Tom Tom DeLonge DeLong from Blink One Eighty Two. Now Angel and Angels and Airwaves. So my question would be to my guests, well, if, if UFOs and aliens, that's a thing now, right? UFOs have been uh, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, they, like they're, they've been confirmed. Like that's a thing now. Yep. So aliens are a thing. So how does that affect people who are religious? Not just mm. Jewish, like everyone. How does it affect people? Does it change anything? So we talk about that a little bit and um, it gets a little funky. Hey, <laughs> I, I can only imagine. Uh, neighbor on the left which is kind of interesting because i've always seen you on the bit of the right side of things yeah that's that's, that's (laughs) a kind of twist to your your nickname here but um about the ufos man they released footage the week of like one of the first weeks of the pandemic they released footage that showed ufos what was that about ah conspiracy theory area (laughs) um i look i don't know if that mm-hmm. was by design, I mean, it may, it may very well have been by design. It's like, that, that actually makes sense if I'm the government. It's like, yeah, you know, I let them know that, that UFOs are a thing. Not aliens, UFOs. We didn't say mm-hmm. aliens. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm glad that they did confirm videos that we have seen like in 2017 and 2014 or whatever those years were. It, it makes people who, be- who believe in mm-hmm. UFOs it makes them feel a little bit more, um, I don't know. I guess vindicated. Yeah, like, exactly. I think that's the right word. It's vindication for them. When Space Force was first started, a lot of people <laughs> speculated that Trump was doing this because of the extraterrestrial, you know, data that might have been out there or evidence. I, I would agree with that. But then you look further, we've got satellites from Russia, China. We've got to still keep up with all our country, all our enemies. But was the UFOs like a driving force for the Space Force? You know, I, I've look, it's it's weird. It's a very weird topic because is it because Russia is it? I think saying Russia is a good cover. Mm. I think it's a great cover. I think saying China, saying anything, saying any world power, it's a great cover. I think maybe the truth is just, you know, the simple explanation. And the sim- simple explanation is, there are other beings living out there, yep. and this is possibly a beginning mm. to the defense of the planet Earth. 
and uh, it's been a long time coming, right? So you're saying we're trying to build a wall around Earth to protect us right now. Maybe, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe that's that's exactly what's happening. Maybe, maybe Trump is, you know, when he says "Make America Great Again," maybe he's saying "Let's make Earth Great." Mm. Maybe that's I, what he's trying to say with the Space I, Force. I would, I would hope so. A I mean, positive spin to that. I, I love that spin because when it first started, I was like, "What is he talking about?" Because you know, I'm not. I may seem heads in the cloud, but I'm not head in the cloud kind of guy. Thinking there's things up there, but sure. I definitely now with everything and researching more. Yeah. I think that was a reason why. Um, and it's, it's just, it's fascinating. And it's fascinating. We're having this conversation because this weekend, in fact, today, cause we're airing the Saturday SpaceX is going to try again. And I'm glad they didn't do it because imagine in the middle of the pandemic, you have this thing blow up. That would have been the worst thing to happen on Wednesday. So I'm glad they held off. Um, but if all goes well, does Elon Musk look like a hero or is he still like, you know, a douche? Well, I don't think Elon Musk is a douche. I don't think he ever was a douche. I think that, um, again, Twitter, right? Twitter, Twitter is, uh, is all about canceling people. And, uh, you know, everyone's a douche on Twitter at some point or another. Hmm. I think if you're, if you weren't deemed a douche on Twitter, you're just not, you're just not successful. And he's doing form. something amazing, by the way. He's not doing something now. incredible, right? So uh, it's been what, nine years, nine, 10 years that, Americans haven't have been in space. That's a long time. Um, geez, we were really young, Alex. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> just to think about that's crazy. So, I like I like Elon. I like how Elon says, "If this is a success, it's all because of SpaceX. All the people, all the hardworking individuals and in NASA, they, good for them. They did it. If it fails and something goes wrong, it's my fault. Is that something a douche would say? No. No." Not at all. That's a leader. That's a leader that wants to see growth and wherever, wherever that growth leads. I mean, think about it. Mm -hmm. We're going to have two Americans in space, God willing, Saturday night, mm. right? What, what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, it you, means we're back, baby. That's what back. it means. But what, is that, but what else does that mean, right? There's so many implications. There are, there are lots of tests that we can't do in America, right, mm. that, are, that have been outlawed, illegal, you know, cloning, all that. Cloning being one, right? Sure. sure. Well, none of that is legal in space. None of it. So what does it mean, really? What does it mean? Maybe it means advancement in technology and science. So I think Elon Musk is a hero in that way. Neighbor on the left, let me ask you this then. This thing gets successful and maybe even more so than our made rockets from NASA that have not always been successful. Well, they, well, they said, they said it, you know, already... Uh, SpaceX's rockets are the, the most successful and, and greatest built rockets that have ever been built. That's what they said. We, That's what NASA said. That is amazing. How do we, um, well, we're, we're going to defense contracts because I'm curious your thoughts on that because this whole thing is a defense contract and, you know, Elon signed this thing and he's, he's really doing things with it. But the technology and then, of course, going to the private sector to build these things instead of depending on government funding to build Good. the rockets. How Good. different? That make it good it, it makes it it makes it not good it makes it great you know why uh what we're talking about now is people that have made their money and don't know what to do with their money like good people that don't know what to do with their money they are now putting it in places that actually matter mm. space travel 
no matter was it was it Barack Obama? Yeah, I could be wrong on this, but was it Barack Obama that basically said we don't need to be spending money in NASA? He cut the funding for NASA. You are twenty thousand percent right that, on that. Right, that's what happened. Obama mm -hmm. said. That's right. That's so, right. but what is that? Right, but what does that what does that say? What does that well, say to uh, citizens of America? What does it say to the world that we are we don't have money and, we, and we're not interested? And we he sequestered that. He sequestered the military. He made us weaker. In right. What does that mean? Exactly. Right. What does that What does that mean? It so. means that we maybe have leadership that's trying to guide us in the best direction we can. Just got to stay off Twitter. That's kind of how I. For see sure. So the fact that you have Elon Musk and you have uh, Jeff Be Bezos mm -hmm. uh, with Blue, I think what was it Blue Origin? I think Blue Planet. I think it's Blue Origin. The fact that they're trying to make something happen mm -hmm. and it's private. I say. I say please. I say, please, but of course, it's got to be quasi-governmental as well. I don't think it should be fully privatized. I love that there's a, a there's a there's this this uh, this kinship and bond with NASA and right. SpaceX, and hopefully that continues, right? And people dog defense, you know, contracts with the government, right? They dog the private entity trying to control, trying to help the government out. I feel like they get dogged anyway these contracts, which they shouldn't. But look at even Department of Defense contracts for COVID you know fighting they've done so much for that too so we're seeing the private sector help out more so and be recognized for it finally and capitalism and maybe just maybe small business saturday will not just be small business saturday uh in addition to the corporations helping out i i agree i mean look this is this is capitalism at work right mm -hmm. This is what this is what we're talking about. We're talking about capitalism in a in a system of of like a like a socialist system or communism, the extreme. This would not be possible. Mm. It wouldn't be. We wouldn't be talking about space travel. We wouldn't be talking about uh, you know finding vaccines. No way in hell that's mm. that, that's happening, right? And, and right. And now we're seeing vaccine success uh, with the COVID. So we're just multiple vaccines. Okay. It's not I just one. Well, yeah, is I think Israel said that they found, you know, two, two. Uh, it was two something, but it was it's a success. I'm going to assume irresponsibly that 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 they found two solutions possible. Israeli military is on top of its ish all the time, and we can learn from them a little bit. I think. Yeah, I have a question for you. Yeah. Alex. What do you think about um, having? A, a, a kind of draft where everyone in America has a serve, kind of like Israel, where mm. it doesn't have to be in the capacity of military. Maybe it's people joining the Peace Corps. Maybe it's people uh, giving a year or two just to maybe uh, community service, but some kind of service that everyone has to go through from 18 to 19 or 18 to, to 20. What do you think about that? In, in the time we're in right now, my immediate reaction is, neighbor on the left you just found a way to get people off the streets and start working instead of complaining and burning places down after does that make sense right this makes total sense it could get people working it could get people together it's, a t it's together and together yes it would be and hit the ground running you know it'd be this was what they would need um so my question to you now is then are you prompted to ask this because you're seeing the 18 19 20 year olds more unmotivated than we were back in the day yeah you know so my co-host has a has a brother i don't even know if he wants me to talk about it i won't go too much into it but my co-host's brother is a bernie bro hmm. he's a bernie bro and he is the product of 
of liberal media, right? Mm. And there, it's it's more about what can you do for me, and I think that because of of what we've been getting from the media, and because these eighteen, nineteen, and twenty year olds are so misguided, we're having these types of overreactions. Mm-hmm. We're having you know terrible uh, experiences on social media. Uh, maybe that would have still been the case, but we're not seeing people take responsibility, and everyone's a victim. Mm. Everyone everyone's a victim. Okay. I mean, I, I've seen that in my own life. People aren't taking responsibility, Alex. And if we had something in place where everyone had to serve their country in some kind of shape or form, Mm -hmm. I can almost, I can't guarantee I'm I'm not a scientist yet, but I, I, I would, I would bet that crime would go down and camaraderie would go up. Neighbor, uh, the reason why none of these, and it just hit me. I mean, I've kind of known it, but you're just hitting a chord with me because just hearing this, it's like, well, then the, the pharmaceuticals wouldn't want that because it'll get people off medications. The, 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 these industries would not want that because it would get them out of business, but maybe we should start driving people out of business and start getting people healthier and start getting people out there again. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine everyone, everyone serving this country in some sort of capacity and, and you're moving and you're doing and you're helping and you're, you're just, you're just making these friend friendships and connections and, and everyone's busy all the time. Everyone has a drive and the drive mm-hmm. is a selfless one. Can you imagine a country like that? That's what maybe John Lennon should have been, should have been, uh, you know, singing about in, in his song, Imagine. That's the kind of world that I want to imagine. Everyone's just doing something for each other. And guess what, liberals hearing this, and, and um, I don't mean like regular everyday liberals. I mean the extreme liberals that are, there's a big difference nowadays to the modern, you know, moderate liberal and the extremist. So I'm trying to make that distinction right here. But to those 18, 19, 20, you say Bernie is the hero, but I want I want you to research the clip of JFK. He is like the grandfather of the Democratic Party. He had that knowledge. He had that will to st- keep religious liberty. He had the will to keep people working. And he said, ask not what we can do for you, but what you can do for our country. And Powerful. In that message, to this day, it's lost, but it shouldn't be lost. It shouldn't be lost. I mean, I remember growing up that quote that you just said. I think I said it right, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Ask not what you know, what what uh your country can do for you, yeah, what you can do for your country. And I remember that quote being in every single classroom, Mm -hmm. every single classroom. And I remember being confused about it. Right? What does that mean? I gotta do something for my country, but what do you? But what is how about the country doing for me? You know, and that's the thing. I don't think that teachers putting mm-hmm. those quotes up and you know, it's not all teachers. Maybe it's just, just the teachers that I had. Um, it's different now. I know a lot of teachers that really do live by that quote and they want their kids to, to live by that quote. They're mm-hmm. always, they're always touting, you know, community service and helping. It's wonderful. But when I was growing up, teachers weren't talking about what that quote meant. And I'm glad you brought it up. I think that it's really powerful. What, what can we all do for one another? Right. How can we, how can I help you? And you know, actually, it reminds me of this campaign that Australia had 
uh, it still has. It's called Are You Okay? Because Australia has one of the highest suicide rates wow. in the world. It's, it's bad. And so they created this, this kind of day or a, or a group called Are You Okay? Where they spend, I think, a day or a weekend, just everyone calling everyone in Australia and asking wow. those simple words, Are You Okay? That's it. Mm. Are you okay? Because I'm here for you. I want to I listen to you. That is, that is, I love that because, hey, how about this? How come really we don't, we don't, we, we are supposedly so caught up in this, the cell phone, that we can't use it to ask others, are you okay? We have to use it for something other than checking in, which is the most ironic thing is that we have this phone and yet do we ever truly ask people we know and care about, are we, are you okay? We don't. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't want to generalize. Maybe some people do. I know that I need to do it more. I think I've tried to do more. I've, I've, I've tried. It's not easy because we're mm -hmm. so, we were brought up a little bit more to be selfish sure. more than anything. Um, you could kind of blame capitalism for that too. It's all about, you know, succeeding and, and being number one. But capitalism, again, uh, the thing that people forget is capitalism also ideally is supposed to help people help one another. Once I, it's again, trickle down economy. That's the idea of what that meant. If I have enough money, I will shelter you. And that's something that's been lost. It has been lost and it's terrible. Now it's, if I have enough money, I'm not really going to give it away. And then I'm going to make YouTube videos and, and, and yep. show off my wealth. Right. You know, Dan, Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> Exhibit we're, a. we're sports friends, right? We also love sports. Love sports. Roger Federer. Now name the most highest athlete ever paid. It's so insane. And it's insane, but at the same time, if you're listening, Roger, I hope you use their money right. That's all I'm going to say on that. How I, crazy is that, Alex? And I've got to check the total, but a tennis player has won so much, and he made all this money. And when you say, you know, just do YouTube stuff, I hope he doesn't do just his own thing. I hope he really gives back, especially in this time. But this is the other thing. Uh, where have we gone where we can't give back all the time? Why is it only in crises do we do this in this give back kind of mode? Well, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, it's more human nature than anything, right? When uh, we are faced with a catastrophe, what, what do we start doing? We start mm -hmm. praying, praying to God. Mm -hmm. Hey, God, I need you to give me something right now, right? It's, it's never, and it's also, you know what, God, you start making promises, right? Mm -hmm. I, I promise I'm going to do this. I promise I'm going to do this. I'll mm -hmm. be there for this person. Catastrophe. That's just what it is. Um, we have to work on our muscle of giving. And that's not something that we, that we grow or work mm. on, right? Am I, am I wrong yeah. in saying that? Just keep talking. I love what you have to say on this because we don't flex the giving muscle. We don't flex the gratitude muscle either as a society. It's, and it's unfortunate, you know, um, I mean, look at the movies that we watch, hmm. right? We're, we're all, we're all, we're all so, uh, you know, we, these, these movies where we give and, and where hmm. people are, are getting from us, these movies are kind of left to Christmas movies. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. It's, we don't, we don't see that in every single month. We don't see that celebrated. It's more once a year. Yep. Just one time a year. I'll be a giver for one time, one day. And if I do that, I think I'm a good human being. Requi and that's it. Required watching almost every month. It's a wonderful life because you talk about a guy who gave, 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 
and at the end of his rope was about to do it, was saved by Clarence, and then he was given a whole bunch back, and I, I just love that whole thing. Well, I mean, I wondered, though, uh, if there was a sequel, is, is he still giving back? <laughs> is he still giving back to the bank that he ran? I get, I get that question, too. You know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's screwed, right? It's, uh, is, he, is he giving back? Or Ebe- yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge, I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Is he giving back after uh, being visited, visited by those three ghosts? I don't know. I t- uh, we don't know that story. It seems like he did, though. Hopefully. At the end of it, so I don't know what would happen in a sequel. Well, that's again happily ever after. That's the happily ever after syndrome, Alex. But and it is, and now we've kind of gone away from that too, in a sense. Although, do you believe that they're going to start gaslighting this whole crisis in commercials? Like, uh, there's fears that they're going to say this never happened, or see, we got through it. I mean, do you think there's going to be some gaslighting here from these companies? When we 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 already have it happening. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, and I think the the CEO of of, of Citibank. He's, mm-hmm. He already has a post out, and he is, I think, sharing a post from someone within Citibank. But again, it's like I know you're sharing it, but I know what you're doing. You're 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 saying is we care, and your money will be safe in our hands because we get we get what's happening, it, and I call bullshit on the entire thing. You know, Citibank doesn't care. They don't. They never cared. These banks don't care. These companies don't care. I don't care how many commercials they they put out they don't give two shits about anybody because if your money isn't going into their pockets well they can't care (laughs) so they have to care i love that you're talking about this because you would watch any of these networks and what are we doing we're seeing people on zoom reacting to this on tv because they can do so and it's like if you care so much about the cause then why are you a reaping or or care so much about tearing down capitalism then why are you reaping the benefits of a job that can keep you, you know, that it has you home working, thank God. But even so, has you working, has you on Zoom, has you doing company, has you doing hits on TV, why aren't you out there? It's just, it doesn't feel genuine when it's you see It's not sexy. People. Alex, it's not sexy, man. You know, we, this, this country, the Western civilized world, we live and thrive in, in, in crime and blood and passion and, and gore. And that's what we, that's, that's our currency, right? Mm-hmm. If the media cared, if mm-hmm. CNN, MSNBC, Fox, if any of them cared, the conversation wouldn't be whose fault is it? The right. conversation would be, how do we heal from this? How do we come mm-hmm. together? How do we come together and, and, and stop this from happening? What happened? Why is this happening? They're That's not, not bringing, happening. Right. No one's talking about that. They're not bringing panelists on that can discuss it the right way, as, as I think you'd agree. Right. I mean, who, who did CNN bring? That, that, you know, 15, 16-year-old girl? Greta? Yeah. <laughs> Greta. Yeah. I think they brought her as like a climate change expert. What? It's, it's about... Ad she sales. could be a Nobel Prize winner, which is right. She crazy. probably will be someday because, again, ad Tomorrow. sales. <laughs> yeah, ad sales. Uh, neighbor on the left, I've got to ask you this, right? So we've got we we've got your idea of having everybody chip in and really continue to work to make America even better and great, and however you want to phrase it. But how much of that do you talk about on your podcast? Do you like what? Do you base your podcast around that idea of giving, of having a contract where we all give back 
to make this country great? Um, we don't. We don't. And that's because uh, we just, I think we're new. We're still trying to figure out what we are. Uh, we talk a lot about just the stuff that happens, the, the controversial stuff, because it's fun. And we really like inviting people over and trying to see what they're up to. We're still trying to find, find our, just our roots. And once we figure that out, I think, I think we'll be good. But um, that's definitely a topic that is worth talking about. It's, it's, a, it's a topic that's so rich. And I, would, I referenced a social contract because that was really a thing. Remember, they say it's an implicit agreement among the members of a society to cooperate for social benefits, for example, psychopathy. Oh, the social con- – okay, yeah, this, during the Enlightenment. By the Jean, the, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, right. Sure, sure. Um, and are you asking me, like, what happened to that now? Well, if it's being thrown around now, why is it? And is there a way we can modernize it to be better for us? Well – I think the reason why it's being thrown around now is because tragedy, right? This, this, it only gets thrown around when there's tragedy. Look, this, this is what happens, right? It's a, it's a student. This is what, this is what it is. We are a student. We are a student that, that doesn't prepare for the test. We think that once we get to the test, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll have a day to study before the test. We get to the test. We do study. We cram. And then we realize we don't know shit. Mm, that's what okay. that's what's going on okay and and that's what the problem is we keep thinking in terms of uh retroactive states we should be thinking in terms of proactive states you know social social contract anything you put out there that's fine and dandy but what about when things are fine and in mm. right how about right. then why are we thinking proactively i think that's where we should be turning to you know this retroactive thinking isn't gonna isn't gonna do anything and exhibit A, the MTA. It's it's all retroactive, and that's why it's it's a terrible service. MTA, New York City transportation, just for anybody out there in, a, in Alex's world that isn't part of New York City. Terrible. MTA just terrible. And and so, uh, what what do you exactly mean by them being retroactive? I'm kind of curious. Now. People aren't thinking about hey, what can we do in the future to prevent <laughs> something like this from happening? How can we make it where communities are actually talking and communicating with one another that's not happening what is happening is pointing the finger when something bad happens we're pointing the finger we're we're shifting blame left right middle Mm -hmm. center it's the flat earthers they did it it it, it doesn't make any sense so it's all retroactive wow so it's like we're all putting blame on others instead of saying yeah i didn't socially distance that's why something happened we're not hearing those kind of stories either. It's like no one's ever fessed up to not social distancing during this. Now that you mention it, we've all kind of just said, uh, or heard people tell us to, but we haven't had stories of someone saying, yeah, I didn't do that. I didn't. But no one's should. doing the homework. No one's doing their homework. Look at hmm. Tel Aviv right now or Israel. Their numbers, their COVID numbers are spiking. It's going back up. Why? Because they're like, eh, it's, it's fine. Sababa, nothing, nothing's happening. We'll be fine. No one's doing their homework, and then people get reinfected. The freaking Ozark in Missouri, right? I mean, you had that thing. Oh, my God. Not one of those kids, one of those people, 20 to 30, said, I'm sorry we did this. I haven't heard that. The only one I ever heard was the original spring break kid who said, yeah, I don't care if I get corona. He literally went on Instagram and apologized. That's probably the only person I've ever heard apologize for any of their actions during this. 
And, and you know, again, I, I don't even care about this apology. This, this apology means nothing. I, I don't care about anybody ever apologizing to me about anything because it doesn't matter. It's what, what, I, what I do want to see is maybe them doing something, again, proactively, maybe creating some sort of event where instead of apologizing, he talks about how it was maybe irresponsible and we should move forward and prevent something from this from happening. And prevent us from bringing another thing back. Yeah. You know, what's, what's wrong with that? I don't care about your sorry. The big deal. You, you, what you can threw we do a party. Yeah. What can exactly. you do for the country? You know, that's exactly what it is. So let's say so there's someone out there right now that says, you know, I don't know if anybody wants to hear what I have to say. I'm a little shy to do it, but and I'm a little introverted as well. What's your encouragement to those that want to be, but just haven't taken the right steps or right moves to be there yet? You know, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe no one cares, but who cares that no one cares? It doesn't matter. You know, at the end of the day, and again, yes, I am chasing people. I am, I am waiting for them to listen to what we have. But at the end of the day, I have been able to make some friends during this entire experience. And I've, I've had fun. I'm not as worried as I was. I have something to look forward to every single day. Creation talking to my friends. And if you mm -hmm. want to create, you shouldn't have to worry about what people think about. It doesn't matter. What do you think about? If you like it, go for it. You have nothing to lose. And be and, and pick a pseudonym like uh, the neighbor on the left. But that's taken. You can't, you can't pick the neighbor on the left. And you can't pick the neighbor upstairs either. That's also taken and yeah. copyright, hopefully. Uh, what were you doing before this pandemic for those that listen to your podcast and maybe want to know more about you? What were you doing before this pandemic hit? Um, so I'm, I'm, a I'm a student, I'm a student and I <laughs> going for another degree and I've just been kind of keeping myself busy with that. Just kind of walking along, preparing myself. I've also been worrying a lot. Um, it's just a lot of, look, what, what is there to do in the pandemic? If you're not an essential worker, you're just either schooling or you're working from home or you're panicking in the mm -hmm. pandemic. So that's what I've been doing. And thankfully driving into my creativity has helped for sure. And, and there's, there is no doubt um, by the way that right after work is done or school's done, the sort of not depressing feeling, but the feelings of loneliness, the feelings of like, solitude and, and being in confinement kick in because there's literally nothing you can do after work right now yeah and that's a kind of you know, what a what a great uh full circle that's exactly why people are willing to go date others during the quarantine mm -hmm. and meet with other people right it's that solitude it's that loneliness it's that am i ever gonna be with someone again you know it's it's kind of scary to think about but it makes sense how is your um, dating, if you don't mind me asking, how has your life been during this dating-wise? And did that podcast inspire you? It sounds like it didn't <laughs> inspire you to get out and meet someone now. So I'm definitely not looking to uh, meet anyone that I'm talking to out in the real world unless – so I have guidelines myself. My, my guidelines are if I, have not if I have not talked to you for a month and we are not good at communicating for at least a month, I, there's no point. I'm not risking my, <laughs> my life over you. It's just not worth it. So if we are able to have interesting conversations for a month, 
yeah, I'll, I'll for sure consider, you know, meeting up with you somewhere. You're, you know, two masks, three masks on my face, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe double, triple glove. We don't, I don't know, but it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm talking to people, but it's, you know, it's more for fun. It's just more to keep sanity. Yeah. Talk exactly. with me. You know, that's I'm, all, that's all it is. Pen pals. We're all pen pals at this point. Right now. That's right. And my eyes are blurry because I'm so focused on the phone sometimes. I don't know if that <laughs> ever happens to you, but it's been happening to me a lot more than normal. Yeah, no, that's definitely happened to me. We have, we have uh, screen fatigue at this point. And Zoom fatigue also. All right. Before I let you go, June 8th is now possibly a date where we see some reopenings. Um, how does your podcast routine change once things start getting back in the full full swing? I don't think, do think it's going to really change anything. I have had podcasts years past and you know the reason that they didn't really work out is because i didn't know what i was doing i know what i'm doing now and i have a co-host that you know knows what he wants to talk about we're, we're passionate about this we just want to be able to kind of look at this in four or five years and kind of either say wow we did that it failed but we tried or keep doing it right five mm-hmm. years later like you alex you've been doing this for for quite some time and you're honestly an inspiration to me you're doing it and i love i love it i love you i love you for being love consistent you too, man. It, man it's consistency and and we we click on a lot of levels we we're just talking about the knicks the other day i mean we click on so many different wavelengths it's freaking awesome uh, like my yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about you know and this podcast allows me to to talk to like-minded individuals and people that i don't agree on with anything i want to talk to everybody I want to know why you think the way you think. I want to understand mm-hmm. why you choose to say the words that you choose to say. We're all different. So let's, let's discover that. And just like us, we're the neighbors upstairs and everyone else is a neighbor. We're all neighbors at the end uh, of the day. Most important part of the conversation, as, as much as amazing as it's been, you, you want to be contacted, right? So where can people contact you? <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you are interested in finding out more about the neighbors upstairs, you can quite simply go to the neighborsupstairs.com. And we are a podcast and we are available on every single directory, every single one. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yeah, everywhere. We, we, by the way, Alex, we're on Spreaker. Yes, I, this is my home station, Spreaker. Yeah, we're on, we were on Spreaker because I saw you on and I'm like, you know what? I, I want to be on that too. And we're everywhere. We are really everywhere. And all I ask is for you guys to check us out. If you like what you hear, cool. And if you don't, that's fine as well. There's so many podcasts out there. And you're clearly, you clearly know what you're doing because you're listening to Alex. And he has an awesome podcast. And I just see 100 downloads. Is that, is that real? That's awesome, man. Yeah, it, it seems like the smallest number in the world. But for, for, for me, it's pretty cool. We, uh, we hit 100 downloads. Mm-hmm in 28 20 yeah i think 28 days um so that was pretty cool um is that consistency right that's why this podcast is getting downloaded you you do it every tuesday thursday if i'm not mistaken so for this week we did tuesday and thursday for memorial week we wanted to do something special but we are generally a podcast that uh releases episodes every wednesday around like 7 8 a.m okay you know that uh that's a cool the scheduling thing is so fun because like all right, well, there's no pressure to do live right now, and maybe that's fun, but scheduling and that power of scheduling to me is so important because it can ease your mind about whether it will, when it will air or not. 
Absolutely. So we have like several episodes in the chamber, right? Because again, life happens and you don't have enough time to record. We usually record during the weekends. So it, it's really nice. It's really nice having that scheduling feature. We we record a few episodes. And sometimes when you're listening to the episode, you're like, wait, that that news happened like three weeks ago. We know. Right. <laughs> we know. We know. But uh, yeah, we really we really do like it. I think if the scheduling feature wasn't there and it didn't exist, I don't think I'd have a podcast, to be completely honest. Because uh, it can help people fit in, the, you know, put it in their schedule literally to do it time-wise. So that, that helps. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. I, I am so glad we did this. And I've got to ask you one last cheesy question. Sure. Will you be my neighbor again on this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I had a great time. Like I said, Alex, I love you, man. You've always been consistent. I think that's probably my favorite feature in, in anybody, if you are consistent. Uh, however... If you're consistent in an evil way, we don't, we do not approve. But you, my friend Alex, God bless you, man. You've been, you've been really nice uh, to me. I feel like our friendship is just awesome. You know, the fact that we're still still talking to each other, and I'm on your podcast, and mm-hmm. it's 11 years later. That's that's testament to uh, to character, and you have a great one, man. And and you have an amazing one too. I remember when you were literally. Uh, working me through the ranks of college, giving me this all advice because you were a little older. I was a seven, 17 year old, bright eyed college kid, and I had a lot of friends. And you were certainly right up there in the forefront of, of my mentorship there. So thank you. I remember, man. And I remember you talking about radio. I remember you talking about, you know, you were, and you still are a huge Yankee fan, and, you know, just all that, like who you met. And I remember saying, and I, I, I'm telling you right now, I remember saying like, this kid's going to do something. He's going to do, I don't know what he's going to do. He's going to do something. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be hearing from him soon in the future, like for sure. And then you are, you are on the radio. And I thank God for that because I think the radio airwaves are a little bit better with you here. Hell yeah. Right now I'm on podcast. I would love to be on radio. So thanks for speaking that into existence. No, no, no. Radio, no, this is podcasting is the future. Okay. That is radio now. Look at Joe Rogan. Okay. We didn't talk about Joe Rogan and his hundred million, hundred million plus million dollar uh, contract. Okay. With Spotify. This is the future. We are in, we are living in the future, Alex. And without you, I don't want to be there. Uh, neighbor on the left were you on wqmc really quickly before i, I yeah yeah I, I had a i had a radio show at wqmc it was it was uh it was pretty crazy it was pretty it was very howard stern inspired so uh we were what was it called remind me because i'm trying to think <laughs> i don't know if i should give it away because some people will, will probably know who uh who oh, i was i got you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but it was, I will just say this, it was a very How- Howard Stern-esque and I loved it. I loved it. Made a lot of friends. Um, we, did, did we ever have you as a uh, guest? I'm not sure because I kind of did my, got in at five o'clock and did radio, but I didn't do many guesting. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, if we didn't, that's, that's, that sucks. I really wish that we did, but it was, uh, it was fun. We had a lot of fun doing it. And, <laughs> it was and a lot good. of our peers, uh, some of them continue the podcasting, which is awesome. So, and here we are, right? So here, just keeping it going. I think that's what it is. I think that eventually you turn back to what you know. That's just mm-hmm. what it is. You know, we, we did radio in college and we enjoyed it clearly because we're, we're doing this again. 
Yeah. We're talking to one another. This is second nature. This microphone's like second nature to this. It, it make right. I don't know. I don't know if I sound good at all. I don't know if people like me talking, but I like it and it's fun. And and you're great at it. And I gotta say on your podcast, you both have kind of similar voices. So it's tough to sometimes well, neighbor on the right and myself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's the first time I've heard that. I feel like a neighbor on the right is a little bit, you know, more thought out. I feel like I'm a little bit more you know, uh, I, I'm rushing in more than anything, I think. Spontaneity. Keep that. That is what makes <laughs> audio amazing, the spontaneity. And uh, I, I just love that part of it, too. That's why I took an improv class, I guess. So Hell yeah, man. <laughs> All and right. Again, and before we go, I want to say, yeah, yeah. I want to say, Alex, again, God bless you, man. I feel like you've grown so much. You've grown so much over these year of these past few years. And you're an inspiration. And I always say this. My sister, I tell my sister all the time. I'm like, I told her, I'm going to be on Alex's podcast right now. She's like, Alex from, from, from mm. your school? I'm like, yes. And she knows how much I love you. I talk, I talk about you all the time. I say, this guy, this guy is inspiration. If he can't inspire you, you shouldn't be living. That's really what it is. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be living. If, you, if this guy doesn't inspire you, the fact that you're doing podcasting, you're you're just you're just everywhere in the city. You're outspoken. You do so many things. If he can't do it for you, you're broken. You're broken. I don't know how to fix you. Uh, and I've been working to fix people my whole life. So I guess that's kind of interesting you say that. And thank you. No, and thank you for everything. And that we've been partnering on different things before, which has been so cool because we're so like minded. And now we're yeah. we're back at it, right? So. Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a dance. We're all we're all just dancing in the universe, and uh, this is just us dancing right now. And I do want to be on your podcast again. Maybe you'll be on on my pa- podcast if you'd like to. We would love to have you as because you're a neighbor already. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to be you. a part of uh, the the neighbors upstairs experience, we'd we'd love to have you. And and I love how you guys do theater of the mind because someone would really think someone was in apartment one, three, a right next across the hall, you know? So I love that aspect of it too. So keep going, man. I'm glad you like that concept. We really thought about that one. I could tell. And it, it feels inspired by friends too, because friends was very much like apartment next door apartment. And that was all their livelihood, right? Was the apartment. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's, you know, that's where I got my idea from. I, I figured, um, well, we are all living together in the city. Like we, we are on top of each other. Okay. <laughs> and sure. We're separated maybe by some streets, but we're all, we're all neighbors and that's just what it is. And we got to look out for each other, just like yeah. you and I, and you look out for me. So thank you, man. Thank you. And I will uh, talk to you soon. I'm Alex Garrett. This has been quite the Saturday sit down and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow uh, right here on keep it real with Alex Garrett, Alex G in NYC. This is my Twitter. Take care.